So let's say there is a game with great rules, right? And you were there, you're at the casino, you stumble upon basically like a dream, you stumble upon like a single deck blackjack game. Hey, what's up, everybody? GP13 here. Today's going to be a fun episode. I wanted to talk about uh, finding a good sports betting market. And this this is coming off the back of my interview with Sports Projections, where he highlighted that this was the most important part of originating because you have to you have to point your efforts in the right direction, in a worthwhile direction, right? If you spend all this time getting ready to originate like, Super Bowl props and you have no like what you're not building on any work you've done in NFL you're not building on any work you've done in any any other props it's probably not in the market because you want to be uh putting your efforts towards something that is gonna show you more consistent returns more consistent opportunities to bet to learn to improve and get to that point where you're doing a good job at the market and consistently beating it right so when we were talking about this, I immediately started thinking about blackjack players. And I for a while, you know, learned how to count cards. I was I've never I'm not a very serious blackjack player at all, but I did go through the the card counting training on blackjack apprenticeship. Shout out uh them Colin Jones, it's a great site if you're looking to learn how to count cards or get some good blackjack info. And the thing that I was the most blown away by, by the blackjack professionals was how much time they devoted. And this is blackjack and like table game professionals who would go find, you know, plus EV slots, plus EV table games, how much time they spent scouting uh, compared to playing. And you might think like, oh, you know, playing blackjack, you just go to any casino, you sit down, you play. But that's not the case. The case, you know, the reality is you have to find games that have good rules. Like, uh, probably if you just walked into a random casino or if you took a, a survey of all the blackjack tables across the US, um, I don't know, probably 70% or more of the games are just like unplayable for card counters in terms of like the being able to turn a profit. It's just actually impossible. And that could be because blackjack pays six to five there instead of three to two or they use a csm which is a continuous shuffling machine instead of hand dealing out of a shoe you need the shoe to count or they are you know cutting the deck they're you know they're not cutting the deck deep enough and on top of that they don't offer maybe they don't offer insurance or surrender and suddenly the rules become so bad that you can't win so and if you know you don't play blackjack, basically the gist of that is like you find a sports betting market, but the odds are like minus one fifty, minus one fifty, and it could be good. Yeah, actually, you could win minus one fifty, minus one fifty. Maybe it's like minus three hundred, minus three hundred, or something. But um, the the gist of that is like you you have to go find something that is advantageous for you. The blackjack players do that really, really well. And they do that because out of necessity, right? Like some games just, they can't win. But also when they sit down, they want to make sure they're um, committing to something that has a good hourly and it's worth it to them. You know, an extra hour scouting could, you know, 
could make, you know, could double, triple their hourly. Um, and it saves them time on the back end if they're playing a good game. You know, it takes them less time to make the same amount of money as they would playing a bad game, you know, double the hours. So I, I want to talk this episode about scouting, right? Scouting for good markets and like what we need to look for. What are the criteria? Okay. So now we're deciding we're scouting around the sports book and this is going to take, I think that, I think Ed Miller said this in interception and basically finding a good bet. It really is just a combination of knowing sports books really, really well and then knowing one sport pretty well. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of other, you can know no sports at all and say, you know, eh, chase steam. But I think what Ed said is uh, pretty solid, pretty solid advice for people trying to come up with something on their own and something we're going to take. So if we know sports books really, really well, what are we looking for? You know, what on the sports book side are we looking for in a market? I say this all the time. Ed Miller says this all the time. Sports projections. Uh, I think Mr. Limited said this. It's you're looking for something that is not traded. It's priced by an algo. And the blackjack equivalent to this is the CSM versus the hand shuffle. So yes, you can beat traded markets, but I would not suggest starting there. There's there's easier fish, fish to fry. It's like you're looking for the mechanics of how the price is set. In blackjack, they're searching for the mechanics of how the, the game is dealt. Is it a continuous shuffle machine, making it virtually impossible to win? Or is it a hand shuffle where you can count cards and you can win? An algorithmically set uh, market, a market that's set via a sportsbook's model, is the equivalent of a hand shuffle. It's going to have weaknesses at the outliers, right? So first thing we're going to look for is we're going to look for a market that is the hand shuffle equivalent. We're going to look for that market that's set by a model. What are some examples? Um, alts. Alts is a great example. JFAR talked a lot about uh, how he had success in very extreme alt props, right? Uh, and he's certainly not, not the only one. Um, a lot of player props. I think there is starting to become a market for certain player props, like the bigger ones. So that would be like strikeouts in baseball or, um, you know, probably points in basketball or whatnot. But there's a lot of player props that are still just priced via a model and you can probably back into how they're priced. Um, you know, all besides alts, there's like the, a lot of markets will, you know, there's definitely a second half market that's traded in some of the major sports, but a lot of the derivatives, uh, like first quarter totals instead of game totals, a lot of them are still set pretty algorithmically. And Mr. Limited talked about that, right? When he was betting the, I think it was like first period hockey, where they clearly had a model that just set every first period line the same way when in fact, certain teams can, you know, certain teams have different tendencies with how they played their lines in the first period. And that led to opportunities where, you know, teams that had kind of extreme tendencies would play each other that would automatically set up a good bet for Mr. Limited. And that's, that's the second criteria. Do we know the game? You know, a blackjack player is not going to go 
look for some, you know, some AP slots play unless they know very well, like how to best tackle and, you know, the AP slots, right? So they're looking for good blackjack games, good games in their wheelhouse. The hockey, the hockey situation, you know, Mr. Limited had studied up on what is, uh, what are these teams' tendencies? He knew hockey. He understood that managers could play their lines different ways in the first period. You know, that's actually until we listened, until I had that conversation with him, I had no clue. Like, I actually thought ice time was like pretty standardly distributed across a game. And, you know, I was wrong. I had no clue because I don't, I don't follow hockey that much. So you want to, you want to be looking at a sport that you have some expertise in. It doesn't have to be a lot, but you want, you're going to be looking for situations like that, right? The Pebble Beach golf tournament is a great example that just happened where they, uh, shortened the golf tournament to bet that or to make money on that. You would have had to understand how the PGA tour worked. And if there was, you know, a chance that it could get shortened to 54 holes, like how would that decision come out? And beyond that, and this is where I screwed up on this. You have to know the rules. And that's the next thing is the rules. Do you know the rules of the market? Learn the rules. <laughs> Learn the rules. This screwed me at Pebble because the rules on FanDuel were if you if you post a bet after round three, or it's like if you post a bet after the last shot's hit, the bet's void. So the that was for the golf tournament. And what happened is Pebble Beach Golf Tournament got shortened to 54 holes from 72 holes. It was pretty likely that that was going to happen, but you had to bet during round three to have a bet that counted the rules of the market. And that's where I got wrong. That's where I got avoided bet because of it. And the people who bet during round three at the end on these crazy parlays um, where they picked the exact top 20, they got paid as long as they bet during round three. And... Honestly, it was it, it could have been like a million dollar fuck up of me not understanding the rules. And if I had, you know, who knows how much money we could have made on that spot. So the rules are so important and they're the most boring part of all this. But you bet your ass the blackjack players know the exact rules of every single ga- of every single game they play, right? Um so just double check the rules and then there's the last part, which in my opinion is is the it's more subjective than the other three you need to know the rules um you need to know how the casino operates you need to know you need to have some expertise in that game in that sport those are kind of non-negotiables the fourth is going to be kind of up to you and is it's is this game worth your while right i'll give you an example of in blackjack how a good a game with good rules could be not worth your while so in blackjack casinos don't like card counters right so and they they all operate together basically to not have card counters play at their casino um and there's they have these things called flyers so if one casino in an area catches a card counter and card counting is like legal it's just using your brain and you know, just want to preface that there's nothing wrong morally or legally with card counting. And it's the same as sports books throwing out people who try to win. Right. So, but 
the casinos will send around flyers if they catch a card counter to other casinos in the area and be like, this guy's in town, like blah, 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 blah. And then they'll put card counters in, on, you know, in databases, which is like really bad for card counters because the databases then are access, access like outside of certain states. And that leads us to why a game might not, a good game might not be worth it for a card counter. So let's say there is a game with great rules, right? And you were there, you were at the casino, you stumble upon basically like a dream, you stumble upon like a single deck blackjack game. And it has amazing, it pays three to two. And, you know, they deal to the last six cards. You know, it's just something crazy. And uh, you decide to not play this game. That would be insane, right? But it might be, it might not be. Because you might have good intel from uh, your friends, people who've played there before, that they watch that game like a hawk and they will put you in a database, flyer you, and like make your life a living hell for even trying to count at that game. So is that game worth it? Or you might know that you'll sit down and you'll get immediately like... You'll get immediately trespassed from the casino after, you know, however many hands of play. But if you went and played their six six deck game, they might not they might never trespass from the six deck. So the the hourly is worse. But you might get, you know, ten minutes at the single single deck and you might get eight hours at the six deck. So it might be worth it to play the six deck because you've driven to this casino and there's not like another good option in town. So you take a, even though it's a higher ROI spot at the single deck, you decide I'm going to go play the six deck because it'll make me more money in the long run. It's more worth it for me. Now, what's the example of this in sports? I think sports projection nailed this one. It's like, are you going to work really, really hard to figure out a market that happens once a year, like the Super Bowl? That's the equivalent of getting a single deck game for 10 minutes. Or are you going to put your time into learning a market that is like, I don't know, uh, hockey first periods where you can bet at six months of the year or however long the season, the season is or equivalent in, you know, regular, you know, basketball fourth quarters or something like that. Right. So that would be the, that that's up to you. You want to, you know, I suggest you, you try and, get a market that you can bet almost every day or for a long enough period of time where you're going to be able to gather feedback. Because if you're going to start going after a market, you're not going to be perfect right away. And the only way to, to get better is to kind of like get in there and start duking it out, right? Like get some money in the game, have a system and start trying to get better if you are only betting on something that that happens once a year, it's going to be really hard to get good feedback, right? So in this, we're, we're looking for more stable, uh, stable markets. And if we find all these things, which is a market that we can bet almost every day for a long period of time uh, with good rules, we understand it is set by an algorithm, by a model, and we will get to be able to play there for a while. We have found what in blackjack is called a honeypot. You found your honeypot. And if you hear blackjack players, they always speak very fondly of what they call their honeypots, which are these casinos that 
they, for whatever reason, can go in and play hundreds of hours a year, never get trespassed, never get kicked out, and uh, gives them a stable, consistent income, which is very important. Uh, it's good to have something that that you can kind of set your watch to in gambling because it's very rare. And of course, you can't set your watch to anything. You know, you know, the sad day of every blackjack player's life is getting uh, booted from their their honeypot when it happens, but. Um, you, you should aim to find something that will provide you worthwhile returns. And that's as true as it is in searching for blackjack games, as it is in searching for sports betting markets. So I like to think about a sports betting market, like a blackjack table. You kind of, you kind of you know, stand behind it, check the rules, check the dealers, kind of see what's going on and then decide if you want to sit down and play. And if not, there's plenty of other tables and the good thing about sports betting is there's they're all online, right? There's plenty of markets and they all have different rules. So there's such a it's so much easier to scout online. So there's no excuse to not spend a little time uh finding something good. In blackjack, sometimes you're you're constrained by location, right? So you might have to settle for suboptimal a suboptimal game, but in sports betting and online sports betting, we have um we have a lot more access to many different games, many different, you know, online sports books and whatever. So anyway, that was fun. I, I really, I really like, uh, the blackjack culture. There's, you know, Mr. Limited and I talked about burning the tables in Las Vegas, which is, um, a book that largely talks about cover cover plays, um, how to not get booted out of casinos and everything, right? How, not exactly how to win, but how to keep winning. Right plenty of books like that in blackjack i think it's a it's a fun little gambling rabbit hole to dive down if you uh if you're a sports better and trying to to branch out to learn how some of the best at uh some other games have have fared over their careers it's it's a it's a fun it's a fun culture so anyway i hope that was a good episode and you got something out of it if uh one reminder i'm actually relaunching the newsletter this week i'm trying to get more consistent i'm trying to this is not trying every friday it's coming out you heard it here i love the newsletter it's it's something that when i write it i feel like really i'm very proud of it because it's a little higher level um gambling this week is is going to be about the pebble beach golf tournament and all of the all of the considerations that go into betting a a massive edge um in a massive spot when you stumble upon one so it's in these massive spots as i say they make up you know half your year sports betting so this is going to be hopefully a very useful article so please sign up on goldenpants.com for the newsletter it's going to be coming out this friday and i will see you guys on the next episode 